0: Party uh, TV party tonight! TV party tonight! We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Don't want to talk about anything else. We don't want to know. We're dedicated yes. to our favorite shows. Oh, my tickets. Everybody loves his photo. Scary dog. Dancing at Blurgebowl. Futurama. Good evening. You are listening to A Rattledge and Broadcasting Premiere Podcast TV Party tonight. I'm your host, Seth Rattledge, the mandated reporter and frankly I'm mortified. Mr. Mark Rattledge to you and I got my name back. I got my name back. I got my name back. Oh boy. <laughs> Yes, sirree, Bob. Um, And I'm not the least bit bitter about everything that's happened recently. Uh, Tonight, our favorite show is Moon Knight, brought to you by the good people at Disney Plus and Marvel Studios. And joining me to talk about Moon Knight is the one and only, the godly, the saintly, good to his mother, some language, Evan Bevins. How do you do, sir?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, but, uh, I'm going to have to go back and purge my, my Twitter feed, uh, so that I can live up to, uh, all the words you're tossing out at me.
0: You are, uh, you are my idol. Did you know that? I, I strived, I strive to be a little more Evan Bevins every day and a little less Mark Radledge. That's well, less sex pervert and more nice guy. <laughs> 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 me too. you try you strive to be a little more evan Bevins every day a little more nice guy (laughs) fair enough maybe a little more like you think i am (laughs) okay fair enough um the truth is i know sparingly little about you other than your your love of comic books and your uh even greater love for puns so i just project a lot of what i think about you onto you so I Basically, okay. you've become a character, and you've definitely become a character in my mind. And in, in my mind, you're Ned Flanders. So, congratulations. Hi, to Leo, neighbor. Perfect. Tell me all the things about Moon Knight that you know, starting with the dinosaurs and how they turned into oil.
1: Well, shortly after they turned into oil, uh, mercenary Mark Specter was left for dead at the foot of a statue of the Egyptian god of the moon, Khonshu, said statue was turned around and dropping its
0: pants, and that's why they call him Moon Knight. Perfect. Wait. So we... <laughs> I was, I was going to move on from that, but go ahead and correct the record, I suppose.
1: Yeah, well, no, actually, uh, Moon Knight first appeared, if I was Christian, I could tell you the exact day this hit uh, the newsstands, but I'm not, so I can't. But I do know he first appeared in Werewolf by Night, number 32, Uh, where he was uh, hired by a group called, was it the committee? I don't even know, but some group of shady guys in suits to hunt down the werewolf. And his costume and all his paraphernalia were supposedly specifically designed by this group. Maybe it was the consortium. I don't know. If only I had access to the internet, to Google. Anyway... um, (laughs) And so he hunted the werewolf, but then the werewolf turned into a guy, and he thought, hey, maybe he's not so bad. Um, and then for quite a while, he just popped up in random Marvel comics, uh, like the Defenders, Spider-Man, uh, doing his thing, Moon Knight around. And um, then eventually he got his own series where they introduced a lot of the Egyptian elements, and his uh, triple secret identity uh, gradually grew into a sign of mental illness, One time he got stuck in a water tower and had to be saved by Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, He went crazier.
0: Wait, this water tower deal, when he was stuck in the water tower, was he with his brother and sister, Wacko and Dot? No, that was later. Okay, perfect.
1: Uh, But, and then uh, he joined the Avengers. He left the Avengers. He got even crazier. He had a falling out with Khonshu. He hung out with Khonshu. He single-handedly defeated the Avengers and took over the world. And then he went back to hanging out in the streets and punching people.
0: So of all the comics that you've read, you clearly read them all going all the way back to going, going all the way. Don't, don't lie to me, Evan Bevins, who you walk with the stars. You are (laughs) eternal. You are the beyonder. Um, (laughs) My impression. (laughs) So going all the way back to the first printing of comic books, the action comics, number one. Um, were you an avid reader of anything Moon Knight or do you just happen to be a comics historian? You know this stuff, but you weren't like actively reading him as a character. I discovered Moon
1: Knight in West Coast Avengers,
0: Ooh, um, okay. where he
1: was he was just the coolest looking guy on the team. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about him, except sometimes he got stronger when the
0: moon was full. Wait, go back. Um, you think he was cooler looking than Wonder Man. Come on. Yes. Come on.
1: Okay. Whatever. In my defense, this was post trenchcoat Wonder Man.
0: Okay. Because when I when I when I think of Wonder Man, he's you know uh, you know muscly and he's got like the black and red tights and these cooler than Jesus shades like that that Wonder Man. You think he, the
1: Wonder Man that I was introduced to didn't have mm-hmm. the shades? His eyes were glowing red and he had a mullet. Fair point. Go on. <laughs> uh, so, um, one of the—I I, I won't go off on a tangent, but I highly recommend West Coast Avengers number forty-one to anybody. It's one of my favorite comics.
0: Just—is this—is
1: this the Hawkeye,
0: Mockingbird, Scarlet Witch, Vision iteration?
1: Yeah, but at that point, um, Mockingbird, Moon Knight, and Tyra had quit the team over a rather controversial story that has since been retconned. But, oh, the one uh, where Ma-
0: where Mockingbird got raped by the Ghost Rider or whatever it was.
1: Yeah, but it turned out he was just really clingy.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> My understanding of that is that she chose to sleep with him just to annoy Hawk, Hawkeye, like women do. I that that is.
1: I haven't read that issue, but yeah, that, that's kind of it. So yeah, putting aside the original story and the confusion the retcon creates, um. In this one, they went to an exorcist to get rid of the ghost of Cowboy Ghost Rider, who was now called the Phantom Rider, and then um, Khonshu got out, and uh, a death god came to kill Khonshu, and everybody started fighting, and it was magnificent.
0: All righty. Um, so what were your expectations for this Moon Knight show, given what you had seen? And it's, it's so hard, you know, with comic books and television shows, because... And this, this is sort of the fight that we all get into, all of us, just every single one of us. If you've read a comic book and you've watched a television show, you're fighting right now. And it's a fight between the people who read the comics and go, everything in the comics ever, all at once, in the show. And then the people who know how television works and are not married to the comic books in a monogamous relationship, um, devout, zealous monogamous relationship... Going, that's not how television works. You have to take some of this, maybe a flavor of it, make a show out of it. Because you need more than just the nerdy comic book people to, to watch this thing. And one side is going, I'm right and I'm not listening to you. La, 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 la. And the other side is going, I don't even want to talk to you, nerd. And so <laughs> and so, there's the fight over a show like Moon Knight. Um, where, you know, when the character has been around for nigh on a hundred years, there's one or two stories that they could take. There's one or two iterations of the character that they could deal with. What version of Moon Knight do you do? And and, and does any version, canonical version of Moon Knight translate to a television show? Do you have to tweak it at all in order to reach that oh so elusive general audience? And oh, by the way, it's also on Disney Plus. This is a family streaming service. So you sort of have to ride that line of, well, we want the nerds. We also want the families. We want the children. And this can't get too graphic or we're going to lose everybody because we're Disney. I mean, it's a wonder the these writers of the shows don't do more cocaine. It really is. And I sympathize <laughs> with them. So <laughs> with with all of that said, what were your expectations going into this? And were you a reasonable human being about it?
1: I, I like to think I'm a reasonable human being about it um, I, uh, I, I know you, you can't do everything and there have been so many versions of Moon Knight um, and mm-hmm. so many takes on him like I said, spanning from the water tower to taking over the world so, right. but what you can do with Moon Knight is since he does have multiple personalities you can touch on a lot of them so I expected them to, to lean into that um the 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 mental illness side of it and I, I did predict there was a, a more recent Moon Knight story I read as I was kind of you know getting prepared uh for it um that Jeff Lemire wrote yes. um yes yeah the 2016 run yeah um, like eight issues yeah I read those too they were great I, wait you... this well hang on maybe not this one was like 15 issues
0: okay I, I, I it, might not I might not have all the issues right, but it was the Jeff okay. Meyer version. Like like the very first one, it was like it was everyone's favorite comic for a while, and it's him with the all-white background in the straitjacket.
1: I think so. And and he started out in a mental institution.
0: Yes. And then and, one of the issues ends where he gets out of the mental institution and everything is covered in sand.
1: Yes. And in one of the issues, uh, Stephen Grant produces a movie for marvel studios about moon knight starring mark specter as moon knight
0: yes 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 um i'm yes. gonna put it up on screen this is what i'm referring to by the way um so it's 2016 lemire smallwood and bel-air and the first trade is called lunatic yes uh, and it looks a little something like this hang on hang on you can keep talking
1: I'm just going to interrupt. But yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I thought they were going to borrow a lot of that, a lot from that. And not to get too far ahead of us, but episode five was pretty much that.
0: So yeah, this is the iteration of Moon Knight that I read, and I want to say that I read at least the first two trades of it, and it's confusing, and it's a very it's much so. A bit, it's a bit surreal, but I really, really liked it for the reasons that you're citing, um, because it not it. I thought it was very different from any other comic that I had read because you were actively dealing in psychosis, um, something akin to schizophrenia. I like the fact that you have the unreliable narrator aspect to it. You don't know if he's really possessed by an Egyptian god or he's just schizophrenic. You don't know what's what's a delusion in what's real, what's magic. And that's the fun thing about the Marvel universe is it could be all of those things everywhere all at once. But yeah. My, my main prediction
1: mm. for it was that I thought by the end of the last episode, we wouldn't be sure if anything was real. I, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure we quite got, cause I mean, there's a lot in that, uh, that Lamar run that you don't know what happened, what was in another dimension, what was in his head. Right. Um, but I, I don't think we quite got that, but there there was, like I said, that fifth episode really felt like the Lemire comic. It, and it wasn't it was not in any way an exact translation no. or you know a frame for frame adaptation, but it took um, it, it took a lot of the elements of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, and maybe I'm bit myself a little but, I, in some ways, this show reminded me of, uh, of the first Iron Man movie where it took a lot of the elements that that you're familiar with and and made it something new, but it it was different, but it wasn't so far away from the the character. You know, they didn't just take the name Moon Knight, even though they went way off from some things, they didn't just take the name Moon Knight and tell a a story. They took all these pieces and the flavor, like you said, Mm -hmm. and, and, translated that into something new, but that was still somehow true to the roots.
0: All right, so the show itself is about how author Harrow uh, wants to get a thing to bring back an evil Egyptian god, and that evil Egyptian god will do bad things. And along the way, we meet Stephen Grant, who is a foppish British fellow who happens to have studied a lot about Egyptian uh, theology, and he's a big know-it-all, but he's... Did- all- Sorry, did, did you get the feeling that uh, Stephen Grant
1: was the male equivalent of uh, Barbara Minerva in Wonder Woman 84?
0: <laughs> I did not, but that's really funny you're pointing that out. I, I mean, he was a little less successful than she was, but I, I don't know. I, I, I got that vibe. Um, so we have Stephen Grant, and, and what he's dealing with is that when he goes to sleep, he'll sometimes sleepwalk and wake up in other places, and he's done some things, and he doesn't understand what's going on with him. Um, and along the way he runs afoul of Ethan Hawke's character and um, over the course of time he meets uh, what he will come to know as his ex-wife or estranged wife Um, and then finally he comes face to face with the fact that he is actually uh, there's another personality living in his head sharing that body and when he blacks out and that personality takes over that is mark specter a former mercenary and ass kicker and he is fully aware that he is the avatar of the egyptian god khonshu and at that point it's a lot of the show and this is where we can start talking about it a lot of the show is like it's half chasing you know treasure hunting trying to find the macguffin uh trying to stop the bad guy from doing the evil and half an exploration of uh, active psychosis. And more to, more to that point, it, re, it was reminiscent to me a little bit of WandaVision, where WandaVision was a meditation on trauma and grief. Uh, this was a meditation on trauma uh, just by itself. That fifth episode where they talk about Mark being having led his younger brother to his demise and then having his mother become a drunk and uh, abuser and take it out on him to the point where he drove him out of the home and that he is uh, overwhelmed with guilt throughout his adult life, such to the point that he becomes a killer. And then when given the opportunity to live again by Kanchu, does so, and then where we meet him along this timeline, he's sort of wanting to be done with all of that, that even that is too much to bear, but he's still got this embedded trauma in him. I thought it was interesting from a mental health perspective. And, and you know, this is where a show like this appeals to me because, you know, there's active dissociation going on. He is abused and traumatized so badly as, as a child that he develops another personality as a coping mechanism for his mother's physical abuse and emotional abuse. And for dopey Marvel television, that's heavy, man. That's some heavy duty stuff. And I don't know, just because not everybody, again, is steeped in the mental health uh, stuff as I am, how much of that resonated with people? How much of, you know, I, I don't know how many people are turning to Marvel. To uh, have relatable, deep mental health stuff talked about that they can watch. I a lot of it feels like the audience is going for, would you please just punch something already and throw Kamiyami-yaz at each other? So I, I want to toss it back to you. I've kind of thrown a lot out there if you just want to pick some things up and shake them and talk about them.
1: Well, oh, yeah, I mean, I've always, uh, I've always looked to Marvel to settle the serious issues of our day. Uh, Absolutely. Well, no, I'm, I'm being <laughs> a little sarcastic, but I mean, you, you, can tell, you can tell stories like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I've, I, I've, you know, I've felt real feelings reading comics. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, I, I, I thought, it, thought it was, uh, very interesting and, and, effective. Um, I mean, part of it, I think you got to a lot, give a lot of credit to Oscar Isaac. Who you know, you know Stephen Grant could have been just this bumbling joke of a guy. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, the scene where he goes to the restaurant to wait on you know his his dream woman that he doesn't remember asking out, mm-hmm. um, and that I don't think Mark Spector asked out either. Um, and he realizes that it's the wrong day and she's not coming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you you could feel that pain sure. And, um, he, he, and I, I thought it was really, uh, really solid the way they, uh, they dropped you in from his point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, you you know, so, so you, you felt that, that confusion and then for him to change briefly in that first episode into this, you know, butt kicking action hero mercenary and play both of them in, in the same scene as two totally different people. I, I mean, I was, uh, I watched glass not too long ago with with my daughter, and it was kind of reminded me of James McAvoy. Wait, only stop. you know he only had two personalities.
0: Stop, you watch glass with your daughters don't don't they go to bed at like seven o'clock at night and they're only no. allowed to watch g-rated things my oldest my oldest daughter, <laughs> okay,
1: and she asked me about glass, so then
0: we watched Unbreakable. I was like, you got to okay. watch that one first? She made it through Unbreakable. I haven't made it through unbreakable. It's so goddamn boring. Oh no. No, Mark. Everyone's entitled
1: to their opinion, even when it's wrong, and yours is wrong.
0: I understand. I've been told. Yeah. That, so. <laughs> um, anyway,
1: I, I'm 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 getting getting off on a tangent, but um, no, no, I I thought they did they did a great job of you know co- conveying this. I mean, you're, you're right. I, I don't understand maybe the uh, you know the the ins and the outs and the, the details of you know m- mental illness or whatever. But I did watch um, you know a long ranging uh, alternate personality uh, storyline on another world as a child. So I know a thing or two. Um,
0: it's like getting a degree in, in mental health treatment. Sure.
1: Pretty much. Yeah. I, I figure. Um, but no, I, I, I thought they, they did, they did a great job. Um, I mean, you know, they, they made Konshu creepy, but it wasn't till the end of the first episode that, you know, you were convinced in show that there was really something going on. I mean, you know, you knew it was a show called moon Knight, and they showed him in his costume. So you figured there was something happening, but, uh, you know, you didn't really know how, how weird it was going to get until he finally appears in costume at, at the end of that first episode. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great the way they, uh, you know, except for in the reflection, that first episode was all Steven Grant. When he switched to Mark Spector, you were as lost as he was about what happened. And then, um, I think they did that. I forget which episode, but a few episodes later they reversed it and showed you everything from Mark's perspective. And then he would, you know, shift out to Steven or maybe someone else. Um, You know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I I thought that that was, was very effective that they, they integrated that. And uh, you know, you could take that seriously as well as jumping off roofs and punching Egyptian ghost dogs and uh, you know, Becoming a super mummy
0: I really really like the show This is probably It's probably tied or close To Falcon and the Winter Soldier at, You know I think your mileage varies on which of these is the best A lot of people liked WandaVision I couldn't get past the stupid ending To the point where I think it dragged the whole show down for me um, I'd so like- Let me ask you this yeah. What was the chain of custody For the shoe statue No I'm just <laughs> it Belongs to Iron Man um, yeah. anyway, <laughs> so my point is that like with the Marvel shows for me have been kind of hit and miss and I, and I don't, we don't need to go into the great, uh, breadth of different people and personalities on the Rattle Legend Broadcasting Network, uh, in their various opinions. Some people have liked this stuff. Some people haven't. I didn't love Loki. Um, I liked Hawkeye a lot. We, we, we talked about that a couple of months ago.
1: Hawkeye was probably my favorite, yeah. but I, I'm not, I'm not saying it was the best one. It was the one I enjoyed the most.
0: I see here's the thing you know how do you define best um, I for me best uh, there, there's different elements you know there's different legs on the stool that prop things up to make it the best so for, for me the ending for WandaVision is so bad it actively breaks one of those legs so to me it's actually one of the worst ones Falcon and the Winter Soldier speaks to me because racial issues speak to me and I'm going to say the same thing about Moon Knight um, Moon Knight speaks to me because while I should have been an accountant, so my grandfather tells me, I am, in fact, a mental health professional, last I checked, and I know about this stuff, and this stuff speaks to me, and I'm interested in it. So especially especially coping with trauma, um, I, I, that, ep- that fifth episode, and we will move on from this, because I'm sure people want to hear us talk about some other stuff. Um, I, in fact, I have, a, I have a Bailey in my head right now telling, talk about the fact that Moon Knight wasn't in the Moon Knight show. We're going to get there, Chris Bailey. We'll get there. But I, I want, I, gonna um, but I do want... We're going to get there. But I do want to just talk about that one more time. That one of the great things about this show is, t- by as you said, by the end, you still don't know if it's all an act of delusion or if it's real. How much of this was in his imagination and how much of this was... We are dealing in gods and monsters and magic. Which you have in the Marvel world. And that's what makes it... That's what I was saying before. What makes it truly... a a rich show is that because the conceit is magic monsters and, and, um, uh, gods live in this universe. It could be any number of things. So you really, so you really are unsure. And so, um, Oscar Isaac, not since Andy circus in in the Lord of the rings, have I seen somebody act against himself so well, like I, I have to give credit where credit's due Oscar Isaac, probably needs a Emmy nomination for his performance here in a limited series. He Definitely. is incredible in this. I mean, like, I I, I tend to not get too excited about uh, certain performances, especially in the Dopey Marvel shows, but I, Oscar Isaac killed it here. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I am, a, as anyone has seen Damn You Hollywood, and as Amber Teasley pointed out, we're overly critical. <laughs> so, so for me to say Oscar Isaac gives an astounding r- performance as somebody acting against himself, portraying somebody struggling with uh, mental illness, uh, disassociation, that sort of thing. Like I was let there were times I'm watching this and I forgot it was the same guy. Like I, le- yeah. le- I legitimately bought it was two different actors at times. It, I mean, I,
1: I don't know if I'd go so far as to say nobody else could have done this, mm-hmm. but very few people. I mean, the show hangs on on Oscar Isaac, right? If he's and, not, if yeah, he's there's not other stuff new, that's good,
0: right? If he's not giving a believable performance, the whole thing f- like falls apart. Yeah, because he's such obvious part of it. Um, all right, let's let's deal with this now before we lose too much time. So a complaint from. Uh, the comic book contingent, we'll call them the, the Chris Bailey's of the world. And we love Chris Bailey. I love Chris Bailey. He's in my polyamorous, uh, relationship with all my podcast people of which you are one. You are one of my, you were one of, you were one of my partners, Evan Bevins. I don't know if you know that. Or not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not my primary. That's Jesse, but <laughs> you were definitely, you were definitely one of my, one of my partners. Um, and we love Chris Bailey. He's one of my partners too. And, uh, But he complains he complains for evan Bevins. he complains that there was no moon night in the moon night show and there is moon night he just kind of comes in at the end punches a thing throws a a half moon a crescent moon and uh then he's out again and the show i'm gonna i'm gonna put my argument forward and then you can we can back this around a little bit the argument is not enough moon night in the moon night show okay but they were telling this story that yes, it's called Moon Knight because that's the character in the comics, but they're not necessarily telling a story about Moon Knight. Moon Knight is a thing that happens so that there's action here and there. But the story is about the reconciliation of personalities and the addressing of trauma between the Mark Specter personality and the Stephen Grant personality. Um... Those last few episodes where they're talking about the balancing of scales is metaphorically, you know, dealing with, uh, again, that reconciliation of personalities and trauma and things going on in the human mind so that you can proceed forward and function in the world. That's the story they're telling. They're also doing a little bit of Indiana Jones. You know, we have an ancient relic that, uh, you know, if the Nazis get it, they'll unleash hell on Earth. Only it's sure it's- You know, so they got so they gotta tell that story. There's some weaknesses, I think, in the storytelling, which I want to talk about the Ethan Hawk character in a little bit, but let's just deal with the Moon Knight stuff first. You can do a dopey character runs around and punches stuff, but we've already got that. It's called Batman. And (laughs) this needed to not be Batman. And I think, and he's not here to defend himself, so I don't want to put words in the poor guy's mouth, but I, I I think Chris Bailey speaks for the trees. And the trees say, more punching, please. And I say, no, 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 no. Let's not do 45 minutes of punching. I'm I'm tired of that. I don't want to see that. I want to see these shows deal with them. Like Hawkeye wasn't 45 minutes of punching, but if you want a slight show with some fun action sequences and a lot of punching, Hawkeye's your jam. And if you want something that deals with that that's slightly more uh, has slightly more depth to it uh that talks about something that people that might actually resonate with people than moon knight and wandavision up until the end are your jam and i think it's okay to have different jars of jam what do you think yeah
1: i i think this this work now i i know how uh, the esteemed miss bailey feels because you know, I, I grew up looking up at seven o'clock in the morning to catch incredible Hulk reruns, and I knew it was due two Lufrio scenes every episode.
0: Yes. It's funny you mentioned that because that's what I was thinking too. Like you don't, know, you know, like the A Team or the Incredible Hulk or Knight Rider, it was always the last fifteen minutes of the show where you got to see any of those things happen.
1: Yeah. And so I and I'm still uh, a little frustrated I was just I forget where I was just talking about this probably on the, the network chat a while back that in the trial of the Incredible Hulk which was a backdoor pilot for a Daredevil show sure we got no Hulk in the finale right and heck one of the Hulk scenes was a dream sequence that did give us Stan Lee's first cameo but I digress I get where he's coming from mm-hmm. but and Moon Knight frankly has one of the Best costumes in comics, I think. And then a few years ago, Declan Shalvey did the Mister Knight with the uh, the suit. Okay, and I was gave him I was wonder- two of the best wondering- costumes.
0: I was wondering if the Stephen Grant foppish suit Moon Knight thing was actually canonical or not.
1: Yeah, but not. I mean, well, and and again, I'm not I'm not uh, ragging on it for not being exact. But in the comics, Stephen Grant is a millionaire, mm-hmm. um, very suave, not British, um, and I. Honestly, I didn't read the first. Uh, I think Warren Ellis wrote it and Declan Shalvey drew it, so I don't know the origin of the Mister Knight persona. But it wasn't it wasn't anything like it looked exactly like it. But otherwise, it wasn't anything like how it appeared in in the show. But again, mm-hmm. it the show the purpose of the show wasn't let's do Stephen Grant exactly like he's always been. It's let's take this character who has mental health issues. And trauma and struggles, and let's tell an interesting story with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I love I love Moon Knight's look. Like I said, that was what made me interested in the character long before I knew how many personalities and secret identities he had. But if you know, if you're going to to take the mask off and the costume off then make make it interesting and give me somebody I can watch. You know, um, Iron Man 3 had a lot of Robert Downey Jr. out of the armor. That's because, as many of us wanted to see Iron Man, a lot of people wanted to see Robert Downey Jr.
0: I think more than that, I I, I think people need to see movies with characters, not, (laughs) not a guy running around in armor shooting stuff for two hours. yeah. And I mean, you
1: know, look at a uh, you know, Captain America. Steve Rogers doesn't have that mask on a lot because you know people want to see Chris Evans, and also because
0: Blade
1: as great as the costume is, is better than that. Look at, look at
0: the look at the middle act of the Winter Soldier. He's not even Captain America for most of it. He's yeah, on the run with the Scarlet Witch,
1: Black Widow. That's
0: the one. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. Red hair. Sorry. <laughs> it's all the same. <laughs> Um, but I mean, yeah, I, so I, I, I get that, but give me a story that is as compelling as Moon Knight is awesome looking and I'll accept, I I admit in episode five, I'm like, wait, we're not even going to get one shot of the costume. It's just the Moon Knight action figure laying on the floor, but episode five was amazing. So I, 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 I was there, you know, if, if you're going to take away what I ostensibly came to see give me, give me something good in return. And, uh, the, the show, right. you know, except for the part where that zombie thing ripped somebody's heart out. And I'm, um, I, I told my daughter, I'm like, yeah, you're going to want to skip part of episode four. Um, cause she's <laughs> like, should I watch moon night? Um, and I'm like, eh, maybe, um, you know, I, it, it, it did that. I, I wasn't really disappointed with, with much, uh,
0: in the show. Mm-hmm. I want to, we spent the first half an hour kind of talking about all the great things about show. the show. Show's not perfect. It's got some issues. Uh, those first two episodes are a goddamn slog. I almost look like at the thing about doing this podcast for as many years as I've done it is it forces me to watch things I wouldn't have normally watched. I'm not sure I would have finished moon Knight had I not had to watch it for this review. Um, those first two episodes were painful and I get it. We're setting up. We're, we're setting up the tension between Mark Spector and Stephen Grant. We are setting up the villain and his evil plot. We are setting, setting up the girl-in-waiting who's going to rise to become a hero on her own because it's 2022 and all women must be heroes. Um, there's, there's, there shall be no damsels in distress. Not a single one. Not ever. Um, we're building I mean, t- Stephen
1: took care of that for most of the, the run
0: we we're, 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 we're going to uh we're, we're building towards a force that's gonna be the next Avengers movie it's gonna be a force and it's gonna be all chicks because we you know what get it done. as long as as long as we get a
1: decent uh a decent uh rendering of Dazzler on the screen a shorter oh. a force member I'll be okay
0: oh oh Evan bevins if we get a if we get a Reasonable dazzler on screen. I stop complaining about this sort of thing because I'll accept it. I'll allow it. Evan Bevins. I will allow dazzler as long as she's got roller skates on and there's disco music playing at all times. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, um, the, it's the first two episodes. Like I, I understand they're setting up the domino so that we can knock them down later. They have they 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 spent about an hour per per episode. And they so they spend the first two hours of the six-hour movie just setting up all the characters and setting up the tension and slowly moving things along. But I'm not kidding when I tell you it nearly lost me. Episode three is so good, it brought me all the way back. And then we were off to the races after that. Three, four, five are outstanding. And six... Six isn't the dumbest thing I've ever seen. It's... You know, but it... I guess when you start talking about giant alligator God and, you know, giant dead bird God and giant hippo God, there's a certain level of silliness you just have to accept or turn the show off. And I do, but that doesn't make it any less silly looking. Um, But again, you're building to the finale. It is written, it is the 11th commandment sent down from God and carved in stone that then Mel Brooks dropped that said all finales must have stupid fight scenes in them because that's what the kids want. So I get it, and I don't complain, but I I just I want to talk about just the slow pacing and the almost uh, arduous. Like it feels like Stephen Grant for the first two episodes is running around in a circle, like Mr. Bean with the turkey on his head. And it it didn't we I didn't need two hours of that. One hour would have done it. That's my frustration with it. And I also want to talk about Ethan Hawke. But I've said a lot now about the pacing of the show. And it's unevenness, and it's a little, you know, too slow of a start for me. What do you think?
1: The first two episodes are definitely the the slowest. Although, I mean, you, you did get some action when he ends up in what Holland or wherever he was. Um, I will say the MVP of the first episode, even above Oscar Isaac's acting, is Engelbert Humperdinck. <laughs> I have had lonely as a man without love uh, in rotation playing ever since that episode. Nice. Um, that's that song. is just, it's like almost parody, but the fact that it's real just is it. It's wonderful. Um, I, I would say maybe, and uh, since you were ragging on unbreakable, I'll, I'll bring it back to that. My argument about unbreakable for a long time, is honestly yes, it is almost painfully boring in places.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's, and maybe he went overboard. But I think they were trying to ground it their fantastical story in the real world. So I think some of that that mm-hmm. was intentional. So I I wonder if maybe that slowness was meant as a way to get you to to buy into this before they brought out the Egyptian kaiju, um, which I that honestly I, of all the things that I thought crazy things that could happen in the show, weird things like Kaiju was not on my bingo card. Um, you know, so <laughs> let alone talking Kaiju voiced by F Murray Abraham. Um, so yeah, it, it it was, uh, you know, it was a, a little slow. Um, it didn't, it didn't necessarily take me out of it, but uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of a nut about about Marvel stuff. I mean, you know, I I told you I messaged you the other day after I watched Multiverse of Madness. So I'm like, I'm conflicted because I had things I really enjoyed and things that really bothered me. And I know you did a whole other show on that, so I won't won't get into that. But
0: I, I mean, hang on, hang on. Have you have you seen our review yet? No, no, I haven't because I'm I, I'm debating. Skip all the way I, to one fifty nine. Okay. Hang on. Skip all the way to what? Who gives? Who gives a shit about the review? The best part of that is when Alexis once again complained about not getting paid, and I had to brat tame her. Best part of the review. It also okay. ends with one of the most tasteful things I've ever done on air. Uh, so okay. enjoy. Okay, Skip right to yeah, us um,
1: I just uh, okay. I'll, I'll I'll do that. I um, I haven't decided if I'm going to write something about it, and I just uh. If when when I write reviews of stuff, usually I, I like to get all my thoughts out before I read other people's thoughts. Um,
0: okay. I I, I'm i honestly not asking you to acknowledge our review. I just want your feedback on how I had on, on uh, how I mistreated Alexis at the gotcha. end. I okay. I uh, I broke I broke the poor woman, and I'm quite proud of myself. That, that sounds delightful. Um, <laughs> but my, my, hey, my, my asked, point, hey, before, hang on. You asked to be here. You know what I'm like.
1: <laughs> okay. That's true. That's true. Um, I uh, anyway. I um, <laughs> that, You broke me, and it didn't even take much. No. I, all all that was to say that it, it would take a lot to get me to go. I'm done with this Marvel thing. Um, yeah, so maybe, maybe I'm, I'm a little more, more forgiving, uh, than that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Isaac's performance, kept, kept me, me going through it. Um, you know, it, e- Ethan, Ethan Hawke did a good job was, too.
0: That's the, the word I was looking for. I uh, Isaac's performance is a revelation. It, it's, it's that good.
1: There you go. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, he, he's, he's fantastic. Um, I mean, and and you know, there there were some some cool lines. There were some some funny moments. I mean, I, I put here that Stephen was or Isaac as Stephen was simultaneously pitiful and hilarious. Like I'm laughing at him, and then I feel bad for the guy. So I um, yeah, Ethan I mean, Hawk. what what was that about Ethan Hawke?
0: Well I I didn't know if if you were getting to uh the end there but I want to before we run out of time I want to talk about Ethan Hawke because yes um I'm a little you use the word conflicted and boy that's that's a good one here cuz Ethan Hawke's a hell of an actor he's very very good and he's not acting badly in this show I think this is characterization issues and direction issues um definitely there's definitely some writing issues there let me start with that I did not get a clear sense of what his motivations were other than bad guy do bad thing. I never got a real sense of what he was because he comes across like a cult leader and then he's kind of an evil wizard and then he's just wanting to unleash the evil. And I, it's just, it, it, it felt like there's, it, it felt like in the script, there was so much focus on we really, 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 really want to use the dopey Marvel as a vehicle to deal with mental illness. And then there's always somebody in the room going, but what about the fist fighting? What about the evil doing? And they're like, uh, uh, and the guy with magic wand wants to unleash evil, fine. we'll we'll fix it in post. Like it, the, the, <laughs> the thing with Marvel and Robert and I have documented this on various podcasts at any number of times. Marvel's greatest weakness is its inability to create memorable uh, villains with a very clear motivation to what is going wrong. And here's why you need that. If you don't have a a villain with a clear motivation for what it is that he wants to do and why he believes that doing this is the right thing to them, you don't create the the tension needed uh, for the high stakes. And if there's no high stakes, there's no reason to buy into this show other than the other things that i mentioned but i think it's hard to bring people along when you don't feel like if you've ever watched a show and you're like i want to know how like breaking bad's a really good example of this you really wanted to know i I remember the second to last episode you didn't know what the machine gun was for (laughs) you didn't know what other things uh he was doing and like and I remember, like, there were debates about it. They're like, "Oh my God, what's what, what's he going to do with the machine? What's he, he going to do with this? How's what's his nuts going to get out of the uh, out of the basement?" All of this stuff was there, and it was a, there was a very palpable feeling of we don't. I want to know how this ends. You've brought me along on this story. These details are so juicy. There's so much. There's so much in the way of high stakes here, and so many threads that are still left uh, unresolved. I want, I need a conclusion to this. I want to know how this ends. Like, I want to get to the bottom of this roller coaster ride. Without a solid villain with a clear motivation and goal, and you don't have those high stakes, and therefore the audience kind of doesn't care if this ends or not. You're just going to, you know, it's sort of, you know, instead of a roller coaster, it's more of a merry-go-round. All right, the ride stopped. Everyone get off. And. That was kind of how I felt about the end of Moon Knight. I was much more interested in the inner struggle between Mark and uh, Stephen. You know, when they have their moment in the desert and, they, you know, and as Faramir says, they, or Faramir rather, they come to have an understanding uh, and then they leave, you know, Egyptian hell or whatever it is uh, just so they can go into episode <laughs> six. Um, <clears throat> that, for me, was the end of the show. That sixth episode, I could care less about. I watched it because it had to be watched. But for me, the story they were telling was resolved at the end of episode five. Um, And because the Ethan Hawke stuff's not particularly strong, and he's doing his level best with it. But again, I don't understand why directors and writers feel like mumble, peg, and whispering constitutes a character. So I'm going to go ahead and kick it back to you because I've thrown a lot out there. I just didn't feel like that end of it, that leg of the stool was particularly strong.
1: No, he, I mean, you're right. His, his performance wasn't bad, but yeah, his, his motivations were not very clear. That's Harrow is, even though he's the first guy you see in, in the show, um, I, I, I meant to, uh, I meant to bring out a glass and put a towel over it and act like I was going to break it, but uh, I forgot. Um but, um, yeah, he that's a secondary plot at, at, at best. Yeah, the yeah. action is all Oscar Isaac wrestling with, with Oscar Isaac. And, you know, Ethan Hawke's there to direct the people that Moon Knight punches, it, it feels like, most <laughs> of the time. I mean, right. he, you know, he wanted, I mean... The part that I found interesting about him was, you know, that he was a former avatar and Khonshu treated him badly and all this stuff. And I like the fact they've done this in, in the comics some too, that Conshu's not really a good guy. He, I mean, he's trying to do good things, or at least he thinks he is, but he's not dealing straight with with Mark or Steven or, or, or whoever. And even if he wants to do the right thing, he doesn't, give a crap about, you know, who he has to step on uh, to, to do it. So I, I I thought that was, that was interesting. And, you know, they, they conveyed that as well as with Moon, not Moon Knight, with Shu that, hey, is not just, you know, this nice guy in a white hat with a, you know, gleaming white bird skull. Uh, but, but yeah, some of, some of the other things like the overall plan. So he wants to bring, I'm at his evil god, goddess, crocodile lady. He wants to bring her back so she can stop all the evildoers before they do evil. But then in, I think in, in the last episode, she says to um, Harrow, well, you'll, you know, you'll be the person who does what I need you to do. You'll be unbalanced. And he's like, okay, well, I can accept that. But she's like, basically, well, you'll, you'll do evil to, to do my will which I thought was kind of interesting, but then that also doesn't answer, well, then why are all his followers who are doing bad things okay and perfectly balanced if you know that they're doing the wrong thing? For I, I don't know. That, that got kind of confusing, and then it was just like, well, we got to get to the, as, uh, as you would say, the punchy parts. Yep. See, yeah, it, it, it wasn't very clear. Um, I will say that when we got him being Dr. Harrow in the Asylum... I, I enjoyed that. It wasn't to the level of Oscar Isaac playing two different roles, but it was, you know, neat to see him, you know, kind of play the same character in a totally different light. But again, that, yeah, was, that was the, the performance. He he's not very fully developed, but I can do the Marvel go-to and say he was better than Malekith.
0: Um, credit where credit's due. Ethan Hawke's performance as the Doctor uh, shows that there, there is some level of restraint because they could have made him so smarmy and so obviously evil. It would have taken me out of the show. But I legitimately believed he was trying to actually help help Mark deal with his trauma. And that, you know, I, be- I believe the stuff at the asylum was real. Because Ethan Hawke's performance was resonant.
1: Yeah, he, he wasn't this, you know, like winking you know he wasn't like twirling his mustache or whatever right. going i'm here to help you but secretly i'm evil you know he yeah he, not yeah, like, he, not like he gas gas was totally believable
0: yeah. yeah um all right so before we go so that we can meet our uh the feminist agenda what did you think of the broad she she was fine i mean yeah. are you talking about when she became a superhero or just in
1: general any of it, just any of it. No, you know, she. I, I, I liked her. I liked her in in the movie. In the movie, gosh. I, I use words for a living, um, but I write <laughs> them down. Yeah, I write them down. I don't talk them so good. But yeah, like a um,
0: fairy, like you know, like the finished product is all smooth and everything. You know, you know, they didn't see you cutting yourself as you were as you were uh, making the wooden thing.
1: Fair enough. Yes, um, yeah. Remind me sometime to tell you about the greatest typo I almost made. But um, yeah, I I, I, I I liked her. Um, you know, I, I, I found her interesting. She she's again nothing like the the character that she was standing in for in the comics, except that she was not only a love interest, but she she was capable of taking care of herself. I mean, there were plenty of storylines where in the comics where she was a damsel in distress, but she was also you know karate chopping people and kicking butt and doing investigating on her own. So, um, you know, they, uh, so I, 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 I liked her overall. Um, you know, somebody pointed out, uh, a writer I follow on Twitter who said the only thing that bugged him about her was that she, uh, when she got her powers, she was like, well, I'm not going to be a full on avatar. I just need to help out. And he's like, well, but being a hero requires some kind of sacrifice, not just going, Hey, I need powers now. um, also, the uh, I don't know if you've looked up the character that she was supposed to be. Uh, I think it's called the Scarlet Scarab, which is so obscure, I didn't know there was a Marvel character called the Scarlet Scarab. Wow. And I am uh, i am uh, gearing up at some point on my blog to uh, complete the trilogy no, not the trilogy, sorry, that's a different character the duology of Commodore Donnie Planet, uh, the villain from the story where Moon Knight got stuck in the water tower. Um so I, I like to think I know my obscure Marvel characters, but uh, I didn't hadn't heard of any of the Scarlet Scarabs, who uh, were dudes. And unlike, um, I literally just forgot her name. Unlike Layla's uh, costume, actually
0: had some scarlet in it. I um, could have just called her the broad like I did, and annoy at least half our listeners.
1: I don't know, but you know what? I, I, I at least want uh, avid feminists like your daughter to appreciate my contributions, even as they're angry at you. That's fine.
0: That that that's how this podcast works. Yeah. Um. So, I annoy um, people, and I bring on people to lessen the annoyance.
1: I, I I'm sure other people are like, yeah, I like that Mark Rattelich. Why he got to bring on Evan to be annoying? So, <laughs> right. you
0: know. where's the woke guy from? Like, we want to hear more of you know, we want to hear more of Mark being you know, moderately insulting
1: yeah um, woke that that's what people call me um
0: <laughs> good old woke evan
1: <laughs> yeah but um
0: no i i i, I
1: mean I, I i enjoyed when when she heroed up uh i i i liked mm-hmm. her overall um i just uh a, again the you know the, the comic geek in me was like well, why couldn't she have been somebody i'd heard of but i mean you you know if, if I'm going to accept all the other changes and go, well, how come his girlfriend didn't have a recognizable seat now? Nah, I'm not or his wife, sorry um, you know um, that that was that was the only thing that, that that really bugged me was I was like, you know I, I, I didn't mind the the utter lack of of cameos and everything because I thought um, and that that was something I, I wanted to mention. you know I, I almost think we're getting I was joking with uh, with some people. Today, um, like who should the next Marvel villain be? And they said Mephisto, and I'm like, it can't be Mephisto. Everybody's so excited about Mephisto, and the only thing I ever saw him do in the comics was get Peter Parker and Mary Jane to live together without being married. Um, that's like the most evil thing I've ever seen him do in the comics. Um, but I, uh, you know, they they told a, a good story, and there were a couple passing references to the wider. Marvel Universe, like uh, they mentioned Madripoor, uh, the hippo goddess lady said something about the ancestral plane, which is the afterlife you saw in Black Panther. Um, so, I mean, I, I thought that was good. They they told the story they needed to tell and didn't shoehorn anybody in there. Um, I I read there was talk about an Eternals cameo, which really would have excited Chris Bailey, um, mm-hmm. but they just they just told the story they needed to tell. And, I mean, if it wasn't for the, you know, the little Marvel, uh, you know, flippy images thing, that's the technical name of it at the beginning, you, you wouldn't have known necessarily that this was a, a Marvel show, but that's okay. They, they told the story, and if they find another good story to throw Moon Knight in with other characters, that's great. But, you know, it even, even with the Nick Fury cameo and all the other stuff in the early Marvel movies, what they did first was tell a good story that later fit together with, with something, you know, it it wasn't, it wasn't cameo and crossover central
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and that that's so fun. I love it, but do it when it makes sense, not just for the heck of it. So that, I I mean,
0: I I do miss the days where Marvel characters could just stand on their own and just tell their own story and not everything had to be Dr. Strange meets the X-Men. I can, you know, and, and I don't see, that's the thing is I'm not a comic book person. I read them, but I'm not religiously married to it the way some are. So for me, I just want a watchable television show. And Moon Knight was mostly watchable. I a quick thing about the gal, um, she's fine. I, I as an adult, as an adult who watches television, I just wanted there to be some sexual chemistry between o- I, Oscar Isaac and I should probably stop calling her broad. Um, what the fuck is her name? Uh, okay. May Kalamau- Kalamazoo. Kalamaui. Kalamaui.
1: Yeah, um, you notice I just called her May because that was all I was comfortable with pronouncing. Yep.
0: <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Jesse Starcher hanging out with us on uh, YouTube says, Moon Knight did a cameo. Look, you nerd. Um, <laughs> we, can, we can write stories for adults on these here Marvel shows. It's true. It's true. Anyway, um, good old May there and uh, and Oscar Isaac had some really nice sexual chemistry. She wasn't particularly twatty. You know, she seemed like her character is dealing with feeling betrayed by Mark through a lot of the show. And and then she's confused because he's Steven. And Steven's not doing the things that she expected him to be doing. And so there's just uh, the first couple episodes where she's around. She's dealing with the with an unstable ground beneath her feet, and she's reacting appropriately to those things. So, to some, that might seem twatty, but I think I think they did a good job of. Well, what if we took an actual human being and did all these things to him? How would they react? They'd react this way. All right, that's good. Um, and then you know, if I have to talk about the stupid ending with her because all girls must have superpowers because they are brave and strong, um, eh, I, my daughter will like it if she ever watches it. But, uh, you know, and and women are people, too, and they deserve to see themselves reflected on screen in big, strong hero roles. Yay. What, what
1: do you <laughs> think about the uh, the line? Um, I, I was kind of torn on it where the kid goes, are you an Egyptian superhero? And she's like, yes, I am. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I get that. Because the example I always use is I don't know how how much you follow the NBA, but um, I was really excited 20 some years ago when Dirk Nowitzki hit it big. Mm -hmm. He was a big pale white German guy who could shoot the lights out seven feet Mm -hmm. tall. And I'm like, and, and, you know, then, and then for a while, I was the guy who was like, well, you can't have a white character be played by a black actor. That's insane. And then I got over it because Michael Clark Duncan was the kingpin and he was fine. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but eventually, I, I brought those two disparate things together, and I'm like, well, why did I think it was so awesome that Dirk Nowitzki was a big, goofy-looking white guy who could shoot? Well, because I'm a big, goofy-looking white guy who can't shoot or play basketball that well. So sure, I thought it was neat that someone like me was doing that. So, so mm-hmm. I get it. I thought maybe it was a bit much to come right out and say, why, yes, I am an Egyptian superhero. Wink to the camera, you know.
0: Um, it felt like it felt like a studio note, but there's no getting away from that. This is a big studio that serves a lot of masters and has an agenda that they're pushing. I'm not like some people who have to have a meltdown about it every single day of my life, but I'm going to call it out when I see it. I also don't I also don't care enough to get mad about it. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and I, I know I know uh, you don't want to make this a 14 hour podcast, but there was there, there was one other thing I wanted to mention.
0: Okay, because after that, we're going to conclude. Okay. Okay. The credit scene.
1: Now, I was a little burned by Hawkeye because Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted something else other than the full extended, I could do this all day number. But whatever. Um, So this one, I'm like, okay, credit scene. And again, I was still, even though I was fine, I was thinking, oh, is this where we're going to get our big cameo or whatever? And... They bring in Jake Lockley, who is very nearly... You're not the only one who can do Lord of the Rings references. The Tom Bombadil of this production.
0: Where where is Tom Bombadil? Where is he? I don't want to see him.
1: So Jake Lockley is the other major uh, Moon Knight personality. But I don't know. I kind of felt like you know we did all this thing about Mark and Steven coming to balance. And I know there has to be more stories to tell if you're going to do another... Season, but just kind of going. Huh, guess what? There's a whole other personality. Conchu's still pulling the strings. They're still screwed up. I don't know. I, 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 it kind of bugged me that that was in the mid-credit scene because mm-hmm. it's like it's like I, I don't know. It, it's like, hey, all that you watched. Yeah, not really. It, yeah, it, it, Marvel, it, it sort of bugged me. It didn't they, bug me uh, that there was another personality and that there's more story, but it just kind of was like, hey, here's the story wrapped up. Nope, all that was hooey.
0: Yeah, well, they no, pointed I,
1: backwards instead of forwards.
0: You're 110% right. It's a big flaw with, with all of Marvel's writing, from the movies to the television shows across the board, is that they trick you into getting invested. They might even write a really, really good show or a really good movie. And then, just when you're like, okay, Marvel, you mad geniuses, you got me back. I'm here. So what else you got? They pull the rug out from under you. And, you know, it's like Lucy with the football. They pull the football away and you're like, Oh, nothing matters. It's all crap. Every time is a flat circle. It's all relative. I mean, I mean I, that, 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 that's a big problem that Rob and I, Robert and I talk about. Look, I know everyone it's fun to, it's, it's fun to tweak Robert Winfrey's nipples and, uh, you know, and, and pick at him and say, Oh, you just hate everything. Or he's really smart and insightful. And he knows when things are crap. Now, he has meltdowns about it okay but but that's his charm um but that doesn't make him wrong you know that's a big problem like, a lot of us who think about these things and talk about them and put them out for public consumption have with the marvel cinematic universe is that they don't have enough self-control to stop things before they become utterly irrelevant um okay so Jesse has a question here. I want to know where it ranks amongst the rest of the Marvel D-plus shows for you guys. So let's do this really quick, and then we'll go right into plugs, okay? Okay. Uh, I For me, because of the themes and because of Oscar Isaac's acting, this is the best of all the series so far, by far. I understand Chris Bailey's penis just fell off along with his jaw, but... <laughs> <laughs> just everything just dropped right off of Chris Bailey. Um, his poor wife is like what have, uh, trying to put his penis and his jaw back on. And, and now he's going to sit on the roof, crisscross applesauce and ask why Tommy, why? But it's true. It's damn true. I'm the expert. This is the best of the D plus shows of the Disney plus shows so far. Um, for me after that, it's probably just in terms of pure uh, again, in terms of themes, maybe not so much execution, but definitely in terms of themes, it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, then after that is Hawkeye. Right smack in the middle is Loki. What a nothing show that was. But it's not the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Um, then is What If? And then at the ass bottom is WandaVision. <laughs> because it's because I'm sorry I can't forgive it for that ending. It was a great idea. It was it was an interesting play with concepts and, uh, and themes and whatnot. It was definitely an interesting meditation on grief and trauma. And then at the end, it was Dragon Ball Z. And I'll, and I'll never get past the stupid line they gave to Black Captain Marvel that went something like, they'll never understand the sacrifice you made after you tortured them for weeks on end. <laughs> Sorry, you don't get to be a good show after that. That is... That is the equivalent, and I know I have said this for many, many years now, of having the best sex of your life, and right at, right before you climax, the girl going, it'll get off me. WandaVision, everybody. Your witness. Hmm. <laughs> Moon Knight's at, at, at the upper end for me.
1: Um, I really liked WandaVision. Good for you. It's the, uh, at the end. Yeah. Is it though? Um, <laughs> I it's I, I don't know I I I, I get um, I don't quite put Moon Knight at the top. T- to you- me, it's Wandavision or Hawkeye. Um, but again, I mean, maybe. <laughs> wow! Wow! I'm sorry. Go ahead. But but as as we've established. I, I judge things a, a, a little little differently from you, and I, sure. I'm less honestly I'm less about. I don't. It's not that I don't appreciate the craft, but I, I lean a little more heavily into how I feel watching it.
0: Okay. Um, which into, which does right. discount some some of the craft, but yeah, yeah, no, no, you're entitled to watch television like a girl. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well.
1: Let, let me tell you about uh, my reaction to episode seven of Angel.
0: <laughs> All right, I'm done I, picking at you. Please answer Jesse's question.
1: No, um, I I got to go. Just uh, quick and dirty. Hawkeye, WandaVision, Moon Knight. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. I'd probably Loki. put Loki after that. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Probably what if then Falcon and Winter Soldier is honestly at the bottom for me. Not that I didn't enjoy it. I know. I know. It, it, it's, a, it's a good thing you're pulling back or you'd have to come up with excuses for why I'm not on any more shows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I enjoyed Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it really did feel like a six-hour movie to me, whereas the others felt you know, more like shows. Okay. What If, I was surprised I didn't get more into, because I adore the What If uh, comic series. And mm. I, I mean, I thought there were some good things in in the show. But uh, anyway, right. now that I've made parts of your anatomy fall off.
0: <laughs> You're an interesting fella, Evan Bevins. All right, folks, that is our review of Mo- the Moon Knight miniseries. My understanding is that... Um, they're not doing any more Moon Knight. Moon Knight may show up in other stuff. They're doing. I know with this Halloween, they're doing a Werewolf by Night show. Uh, there's talk also of, an aborted cameo. There's talk of a Midnight Suns thing with Ghost Rider and Moon Knight and this guy and that guy. Um, I'll be curious if they kind of like Anson Mount from uh, Inhumans showing up in Doctor Strange. I'm wondering if they'll end up grabbing the guy that played Hellstrom in the ridiculously bad and boring and terrible and waste of time Hellstrom show that was on Hulu. I haven't and,
1: watched that. This may surprise you, Mark, but I'm not a big Damon Hellstrom fan.
0: I'm so surprised. Um, anyway, so. But I like Hellboy. That's fine. Uh, which one? You like, you like the, your, the first two Hellboy movies with uh, What's-His-Nuts or the new one? Other I haven't
1: seen the new one with uh, Sheriff Hopper. I, I, mm-hmm. I like the comics. And I there enjoyed you know. the uh, the first two movies.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought they were okay. I don't remember that much about the golden shower. But um, I, I... I'm sure you thought it was fine. Yeah, I... <laughs> you know me so well. Anyway, um, so it will, we'll I'm sure we'll see Moon Knight again. They wouldn't have done this show if they weren't planning on using the character at some point. Uh, so like, much like all of the stuff in Phase 4. And, and, and I do want to just quickly, really, really, really quickly touch on this because I don't want to drag this out any further. But there's a lot of impatience. Uh, again, the Chris Baileys of the world, there's a lot of impatience with Phase 4. Can we calm the fuck down about it? Can, can, can we please just wait to see what the plan is? Like, Paramount, I think, distributed the first Iron Man, if I remember correctly. Universal did Hulk. didn't even they weren't even like part of disney they didn't know if this was this whole operation like like they clearly had a had a thoughts about what what there was going to be i think kevin feige has had a bible with with marvel stories you know for decades you know and i'm and obviously when they when when they did the first iron man there was thoughts of hey if we ever get to the avengers we'll probably do loki that's comic canonical uh, and if we can go any further than that, we'll probably do the infinity gauntlet, but let's get Iron Man out there and see if, but not you know, let's throw Iron Man in the bed with Madonna and see if she'll sleep with it. So, but my, my, my point with bringing that up is other than I like the phrase, throw it in the bed with Madonna and see if she'll sleep with it. Is that. They, there was a lot of setup in phase one. There was, oh, yeah. of, there was a lot of setup, getting to the, getting to the Avengers. And, when you think about where we landed with Endgame, how much needed to be, how much needed to be set up. They didn't know if they were going to have Spider-Man. They didn't know if they were going to have Ant-Man at one point. (laughs) Like that Ant-Man has two different directors and it's almost two different movies. Um, I don't, I think there, there may have been blueprints for guardians of the galaxy movie, but who knew if that was even going to hit. Oh yeah. Or if there was going to be a second one that would lead into infinity war. Um, you know, no, I mean, obviously they had plans for Thor, but no one knew if that was going to resonate with people or if Chris Hemsworth would even stick around. So, let's give him a chance, because everyone's like, oh, Phase 4 sucks, fucking Shang-Chi, who's that? Like, come on, man. (laughs) Like, we have no idea where they're going with this. They're hinting at things like Kang, and they're hinting at things like the Living Tribunal, and, you know, there's all Secret War. Secret Wars. You know, they're doing, you know, somebody said earlier, I think in one of our chats, like, it doesn't feel like there's a big bad like Thanos and Loki in this phase of Marvel. And I'm like, there is. It's Sharon Carter and um, Kang, who have both been established in D- Disney Plus shows. Calm down. And Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. And and uh, Elaine from Seinfeld. Yes. So we, we have villains. It's like, <laughs> we're 10 minutes into the movie and everyone's like, fuck this. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean,
1: and you don't, I don't want them to be like, okay, get ready for the next end game. Mm-hmm. I mean, there will eventually be another big crossover, but let's let it happen. Cut kind of organically. Let's, I mean, you know, they yes. may have thought, Hey, we worked wonders with guardians of the galaxy. We've got an Oscar winning director. There are going to be Eternal's lunchboxes everywhere, and we are going to have a sequel with El Vampiro and real character, um, Mexican wrestler uh, Eternal. And, and then uh, Chris Bailey was right. It didn't resonate with everybody. So maybe we don't do the Celestial wrestling match, you know? I mean, I just
0: wish people would have a little bit more patience, or don't watch them. Please go find something else to do. Play Roblox, and you know, I don't know. All right. Uh, Besides, we got to get Alpha Flight in there. I mean, me as long too. as I'm,
1: as long as I'm just, you know, dropping his name and antagonizing him uh, without him here to defend himself. What Alpha Flight.
0: Yeah, we need Big Gay North Star to be leading us into the next century of Marvel movies. I'm all. I'm. Make it make the Marvel movies gayer, Evan. That's what we, you and I, are saying right now. Really, that that's, is that's, that's that not is the, what I'm saying. That is the message that Evan Bevins will be taking to Twitter when this show is over. Is make the Marvel Cinematic Universe gayer, and I'm here for it, Evan. I support your, I support your needs.
1: Hashtag Mark Rydalich doesn't
0: speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, when someone says hashtag, he doesn't speak for me. That's the end of the show, everybody. <laughs> uh, oh man.
1: Play. And I shot myself in the foot before I got to do plugs. <laughs> we
0: uh, we had a fun uh, we had a fun week this week here on the Rattlerian Broadcasting Network. Evan um, Evan got to be on a couple of different things. Uh, we did Firestarter to kick the week off, the 1984 version with um, Drew Barrymore. Uh, next week, the 18th, there's going to be a comic strip uh, term life, and Evan is on that one as well yeah tuesday myself david wright got so pissed off with robert winfrey he took over the plot synopsis it's that is the other hilarious thing that happens you can, you can in real time see david wright utterly lose his patience and just take over this like throw robert in the goddamn river um and take over the show it was pretty funny uh so speaking of which um david wright alexis Haina, and myself and robert winfrey reviewed dr strange in the multiverse of missed opportunities just go, look, don't even listen to the review. The review is trash. Um, go straight to one, uh, an hour and 59 minutes and watch me um, shame Alexis Hanna and to stop bringing up the fact that I don't pay people. It's the best part of the show. Anyway. Wait a minute.
1: If they go to one fifty nine and listen to the end, does it count as a full download and
0: listen? Is that what you're going for here? No, I don't care if, if I get a full <laughs> listen or not. I just want as many people to see what I did to Alexis as possible because I'm really proud of myself. Um, and ladies... <laughs> My Snapchat's in the description if you're into that sort of thing. Um, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of things that ladies should be aware of, WrestleMania Backlash. Between uh, it was myself and the Podsman, we wrote again, uh, Chris Bailey and Christian. We had a great time talking about it, and we got it done in an hour flat. It was like our most like succinct show ever. It was fantastic. Um, yesterday, we did a Metal Hammer of Doom extra for Watain, and more importantly, Evan Bevins... Um, uh, I revealed some of the results of my BDSM quiz. Uh, so the next time you're on here, we'll get you to do it. Let's see what all your kinks are. You ready? You want to see what kind of BDSM uh, personality you are? Maybe a little rigor, a rope, bunny, huh? A little degrader. No, I'm good. You're degrader, aren't you? All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> you know, you know, Evan Bevan says, "You know what kind of BDSM personality is? I'm good. That's what kind, asshole." <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, in addition to that, we also reviewed the Fozzy album Boombox. <laughs> um, this weekend, we'll have re-airing. Oh, love Fozzy! Waka Waka. Money Monster, <laughs> and then uh, we'll have a re-airing of Everyone Loves a Bad Guy: Animal Villains in Film and Television. So, check that out if you have time. All right, you have a blog and and Free Willy comics and all kinds of ill shit. Go ahead and talk about it. <laughs>
1: Oh, I I thought you were going to be saying that my blog is something women should be aware of. But, you know, Um, no, nothing. Okay, Um, yeah, I do have a blog uh, where uh, I I reveal uh, the various uh, misadventures of Moon Knight and other heroes. Like, did you know that one time Black Widow found an infinity stone in a toilet?
0: True story. Comics are stupid and nobody should read them. If no
1: one read them, then how would you know about the time Spider-Man taught the Beyonder how to use the bathroom?
0: I'm actually blinking health at this point.
1: Oh, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, you can find all that and more. And yes, uh, uh, hand-drawn posters for, like there's another way to draw, um, for not one, not two, not three, but 17 never-released sequels to Free Willy. Um So, uh, you know, uh, you can find out the secret connection in comics between Shang-Chi and the Eternals, Um, and uh, you can find out the real MVP of the original Space Jam, and also the complete history of Dr. Bong at asterisk51.blogspot.com.
0: Thank you, folks, for joining us on our review of the Moon Knight television series on Disney Plus. For the saintly, the godly, the good to his mother, the walks on water, the excellent parents... Evan Bevins. I'm Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.